Hello and welcome to episode 378 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Sunday, December the 11th, Gaudete Sunday, 2022 in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are continuing to look at the writings of the great Brazilian professor and theologian, Fatima expert, Plinio Correa de Oliveira. This was adapted from a talk he gave to the group Tradition, Family, and Property, which he founded and spoke to frequently. It's entitled Comments on the Fourth Apparition of Our Lady in Fatima, and it is from August the 15th, 1967. On the 13th of August, when the fourth apparition was supposed to take place. The seers could not go to Covadiria because they had been kidnapped by the administrator of Orem. On the 15th of the same month, Our Lady appeared to them in Valinos, where they were. There is some doubt about this date. Sister Lucia herself does not remember for sure. In Sister Lucia's memoir, number two and number four, she says that it was in these days, but in response to Dr. Golven, ops for the 19th, writing in the margin, that's what I lean most towards, because to be on the 15th, we would have spent only a whole day in prison, and I remember that we were there more. Lucia asked, what do you want from me? Our Lady, I want you to continue to go to Covid de Iria on the 13th and to continue to pray the rosary every day. Again, Lucia asked Our Lady to perform a miracle so that everyone will believe. Our Lady replied, yes. In the last month in October, I will perform a miracle so that everyone will believe in my apparitions. If they hadn't taken you to the village, the miracle would have been greater. St. Joseph will come with a child, Jesus, to give peace to the world. Our Lord will also come to bless the people. Our Lady of the Rosary and Our Lady of Sorrows will also come. And if I might interject, <clears throat> excuse me, I've mentioned this once before. Blessed Mother was offended that the children were taken, that the children were basically kidnapped. She said the miracle would have been greater. Actions have consequences. The actions of that administrator at Orem in kidnapping these sweet, innocent, beautiful children, that was offensive to Our Lady. So the miracle would have been greater had he not done that. In the conversation here, Lucia says, what do you ask them to do with the money from the other offerings that the people leave in the Covadiria? Our Lady says, make two platforms. You carry one with Jacinta and two other girls dressed in white. The other is taken by Francisco with three other boys, also dressed in white clothes. The money for the litters is for the feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. What's left is to help build a chapel. Finally, Lucia said, I would like to ask you to cure some sick people. Our Lady, yes, some I will cure during the year. And assuming a very sad aspect, pray, pray a lot and make sacrifices for sinners because many souls go to hell because there is no one to sacrifice and ask for them. And then it moved away towards the east, disappearing. The first comment to be made about this apparition is the following. Mezers, see the statement made by Our Lady that if the boys had not been taken by the administrator of Orem to the village, the miracle would have been greater. 
I mean, a miracle was promised for everyone to believe, but the miracle would be less grandiose because of the crime committed against these children. Messrs, they're well aware of the fabulous moral pressure exerted against these children by that administrator of Orem. Portugal was still at that time in the fervor of the proclamation of the Republic, which had taken place a few years before, and the implantation of the separation of the church from the state with a huge wave of secularism. And the small local authorities to be promoted by the Lisbon government tried to show the greatest possible zeal in the repression, not only of any monarchical manifestation, but also of any Catholic manifestation. Over the course of the apparitions, this administrator of Orem, who was a small municipal authority, decided to put pressure on the children. And so he arrested the children and to make them confess that everything was a lie, he reached this cruelty. He ordered the children to be called one by one to die. And he said, Lucia is going to be killed. Don't you two want to confess to the crime? They didn't. Then another, then the third. And after all, it was seen that all the children maintained, even if their lives were at risk, they maintained the veracity of what they had said. I'm going to pause briefly here. What wonderful children. All ages 11 or younger, they refused to budge. They refused to be intimidated by this vicious man, not even having their lives threatened and the lives of their family members. They refused to be intimidated because they loved Jesus and they loved Our Lady. The professor continues, we can say that then the administrator of Orem was a providential thing because the sincerity of these children was more transparent due to the infamous moral pressure that had been applied against them. It was exactly on that occasion that the administrator of Orem put pressure on Jacinta to shout, long live the Republic. And Jacinta, who was a child, didn't understand anything, neither about monarchy nor Republic, had this negative answer for him. Well, you go, Maria Biscuit, die the Republic, long live the monarchy. And they heroically resisted even the pressure of martyrdom. Providence allows this fact and took advantage of it. But see, Messrs, what is the power of an action performed by an authority, even a small authority? This miracle, which was a miracle that should echo throughout the world and that should increase the belief in what happened at Fatima, this benefit, therefore, for in the whole world, this degree more for the glory of Our Lady, this was not given and was not manifested because of the crime of the administrator of Orem. That is to say, as the public authorities had committed a crime against the children loved by Our Lady, the predicted miracle did not take place. Messrs, you can imagine how much an act of a public authority aggravates Our Lady. Messrs, you can also consider how magnificent it was for the glory of Our Lady that these two terrible sins were avoided in Brazil, the implementation of agrarian reform and the implementation of divorce. How many spiritual advantages, how many possible graces from Our Lady during the Bagar? Brazil would remain private with the implementation of these laws. And yet Brazil was not deprived of this because Our Lady wanted to use her children to avoid it. 
Another consideration that deserves attention is the following. Our Lady promised that in the last month of October, she would perform a miracle so that the people would believe in the apparitions. This miracle she left for last because for the preparation of souls through a whole series of apparitions so that they could witness the miracle with fruit. Messrs, there you see how providence touches souls with respect, with care, pedagogically. As providence, therefore, asked each of these souls who were regulars at the apparitions to correspond to the grace so that there would be a supernatural environment of receptivity capable of attracting the miracle in such a way that the latter was prepared in some way by providence in the disposition of souls. On the other hand, consider how providence also wanted an act of faith from these people. It wasn't saying the following, I'm going to do a miracle and then the visions continue, but it was necessary to appear for a number of times with sacrifice in a distant, difficult, deserted place without having seen a miracle to then receive the miracle full. This is the way in which providence deals so many times with the souls of its apostles. It wants that in the aridity, in the night of the senses, in the difficulty of seeing things as they are, without having yet received the full manifestations and proofs, it has, there is dedication, faith, commitment, which increasingly corresponds to the little that is seen. As one corresponds better, the more one sees until the last act of fidelity reaches the total vision. I'm going to have to make a momentary adjustment here, if you'll bear with me, because the writing switched over from English to Portuguese for some reason. So I have to get it, <laughs> I have to get it back into English because, my friends, I am not fluent Portuguese. Here we go. The grace of rapture is like that too. The person receives a beginning of rapture. She is touched by this grace regarding a fact, an event, a facial expression, an event that she heard narrated. It is interesting to note how providence then acted in the same way. The grace comes, the person responds a little, the grace seems to pass, it returns again, it returns more intensely, the person responds more, the grace returns more intensely, until it truly reaches a kind of conversion of the soul that has been touched by the grace of the Lord and raptured. It's just that Our Lady wants to prepare the soul by successive acts of faith in Our Lord, by successive affirmations of generosity to then give everything. It is part of Our Lady's pedagogy. She prepares souls in this way, with brushstrokes, by touches, by ever more intense calls. She asks for faith to later reward with great certainty. And it is in this way that the soul reaches the fullness of union with her. Messrs. see, therefore, how Our Lady's entire way of operating in Fatima is enlightening and full of teachings for everyone. Professor Plinio says things with such lucidity and clarity, and oftentimes is able to articulate things that I'm thinking, but I'm not as eloquent as he is. Yes, this is how our Lord and our Lady work. And this is how grace works. The more we draw unto the Lord, 
Aided by his grace, of course, we can do nothing of our own volition. The more he will come to us. It's that still small voice, my friends. The professor continues. Then, then she enunciates the miracle to better prepare souls for the great prodigy. She says, St. Joseph will come with the child Jesus to give peace to the world. Our Lord will also come to bless the people. Our Lady of the Rosary and Our Lady of Sorrows will also come. She still doesn't say what the miracle will be because this is not exactly a miracle that only the children could see and no one else. She says the graces that will be received, but she still doesn't mention the miracle. This one is going to surprise everyone. And it's the famous rotations of the sun that measures they will hear the reading, God willing, when the apparition is celebrated on 13 October. But she begins there by stating, such characters will appear. She stimulates the desire for heavenly things, stimulates the appetite for good and prepares souls. Like a mother who says to one of her children, you're going to have a special caress from your mother. He will be pleased not only by his mother, but by his father and by his brother, as if to say, there will be a big party of the heavenly family. And then she announces, St. Joseph will come, the child Jesus will come, etc., etc. And then, Messrs, you can see that this miracle initiates a kind of hypothetical and provisional reconciliation of Our Lady, because it is a feast that announces, she will come, but with baby Jesus. For what? In the midst of war, Our Lady announces she will come to give peace to the world. I mean, the peace that came to the world from the apparition of Fatima. That is, it was on that occasion that some act of a supernatural and providential nature was triggered so that peace would come to the world. Secondly, it says, St. Joseph will come with the child Jesus to give peace to the world. Our Lord will also come to bless the people. That is, after peace comes blessing. And finally, she appears with two invocations as if to stimulate the piety of the faithful. It's a kind of reconciliation party, as if to say, I'm upset, but I'm going to please anyway. And now I'm waiting motherly and affectionately for the faithful people to answer this call of mine. An alliance is reconstituted. Peace with the faithful people is also made. And she stays in an attitude of expectation to see what will happen. But at the same time, it filters a certain light. The pain filters because Our Lady sighs and says the following, assuming a very sad aspect. Pray, pray a lot and make sacrifices for sinners because many souls go to hell because there is no one to sacrifice and ask for them. First of all, let's register the statement. Many souls go to hell. The one who affirms this is the mother of mercy. She does not affirm triumphantly. She does not affirm joyfully, but affirms with regret. But she affirms. She once again gives the world this tremendous message. Many are the souls that go to hell. Don't take it easy with hell. Do not trifle with the wrath of God, which hangs over everyone's head. It could be that before I finish that sentence, I'll drop dead or someone inside the auditorium will drop dead and the tree where it is there, it stays and it is judged according to the position where it falls. One must therefore be afraid of God's punishment and no one can say that this is an outdated theology, that it is an aged pastoral because our lady says to that to the world because 
the world is a sinner and it is a world that is not far from us. And if this world should hear this because it was a sinner, the present world, much more sinful, should hear it even more. You can see how indispensable the announcement of the pains of hell is. But then comes her affirmation. Why does this happen? It's because there are, there is no one who sacrifices and asks for souls. Not saying that there are no one asking for souls. There are no, there's no one sacrificing themselves for them. It is something that without sacrifice, nothing can be achieved and it is necessary to make sacrifices. That sacrifice will be big or small. They will be the great atoning sacrifices. These sacrifices are the small sacrifices of the small way. It doesn't matter. It is necessary that each one creates the way that Our Lady gave him. And that therefore, although offering only a small way sacrifice, offer it in fact and offer it with a clear conscience. But sacrifices have to be made. And the first sacrifice that must be made is the honest and loyal acceptance of all the sufferings that are necessary for the salvation of our souls. The salvation of our soul brings privations, demands perseverance in the vocation. And perseverance in one's vocation requires a series of great and small sufferings, work, struggles, difficulties, disturbances, anxieties. All of this must be really accepted without trying to hide it, without trying not to see duty as it is, humbly but honestly, looking duty in the face as our Lord looked up to his cross, and then walking towards duty. Asking as our Lord asked the Heavenly Father, we ask Our Lady for the necessary graces to carry the cross to go to our suffering and kiss it. I mean, I'm happy. So this is what I have to suffer? After all, I came across my suffering. After all, I came across what will make me a suffering soul. That is, a useful soul for the Catholic Church. That is, a useful soul for God, our Lord, and for the cause of souls who God wants to save. A soul pleasing to God, and similar to the soul so saturated with reproaches of our Lord Jesus Christ, from the heart crowned with thorns of Our Lady. I must walk towards these sacrifices loyally, trying to see them whole, trying to understand their difficulties, trying to love them completely. And even though at times it happens that their excessive weight causes me to fall as our Lord fell under the weight of the cross, it is not putting the cross aside, but rather moaning and prostrate on the ground under the weight of suffering, continuing to cling to her, remain attached to her, and the cross will lift us up. We are not the ones who will lift the cross. It is the cross that will lift us up. The sacrifice, this suffering is sacrosanct. He is suffered in union with the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, with the tears of our lady. He has therefore something that would almost lead one to say divinized, the very cross of Christ that weighs more on our shoulders than if we were carrying the holy tree. It is this sacrifice that we are going to raise. It is the resignation, the ideal, the serenity of soul that the idea of suffering in union with our Lord and Our Lady gives. Make us soon walk again and continue our sacred way. It is in this way that souls are saved and that souls are converted. And if we want to be useful in the apostolate, if we want to be of atomic usefulness, let us suffer. Prayer, prayer and sacrifice are weapons that conquer everything. But sacrifice without prayer is of no use, and prayer without sacrifice is of no use either. 
There is the great teaching of Our Lady and her sadness with the little sacrifice. This spirit of the cross, this sacrificial spirit, must make us happy and distinguish us above all as children of Our Lady on the occasion of the Bagar. Bagar will be an immense immolation. It will be a tremendous sacrifice. It is quite possible that during the Bagar, you will have to take risks with your life, that one has to endure unheard of suffering, suffering equal to or greater than that suffered by combatants throughout the great world wars. Therefore, we must ask Our Lady right now to take care of our soul. Ask Our Lady to give conformity and strength to our soul so that when the time of great sacrifices comes, we are ready for them. What is most necessary for me? First, understand suffering, then admire it, then love it. Then with confidence, hoping in the help of Our Lady, who never fails anyone. Ask her to prepare our souls for this. There are two phrases in scripture that strike me as touching and that say well how God assists those who decide to sacrifice themselves for him. One is, God who puts the weight on our shoulders with his hands underneath helps us to carry it. And the other that says the following, when God allows us to get sick, his providence prepares the bed for us. In other words, God is helpful and he allows pain, but he creates comfort, gives strength to the soul to continue to suffer. So with this trust in Our Lady's help for the sacrifice and considering exactly that she appeared under these two invocations of Our Lady of the Rosary and Our Lady of Sorrows, we must walk through these commemorations of Fatima, desiring more and more that she will give us the spirit of sacrifice. It is interesting to note that Our Lady said in this apparition that there was no one to pray for sinners and there was no one to suffer for sinners. So it is understandable why she announced that she would appear as Our Lady of the Rosary and Our Lady of Sorrows. Our Lady of the Rosary is prayer and Our Lady of Sorrows is sacrifice. It is a stimulus precisely so that through prayer and sacrifice, one fights against sin, against our sin, against our defects and then against the defects of others. So that when we are ready for the feast of the 13th of October next, in which we must consecrate the group to the most pure heart of Mary, to the sapiential heart of Our Lady, a consecration that will be done in the individual consecration of each one of us, we can give ourselves to Our Lady, if not souls already completely turned to sacrifice, at least souls who admire sacrifice, who understand that those who do not have a spirit of sacrifice are worth nothing. Souls who admire prayer and understand that without prayer, nothing can be achieved. And that because of this, they give those fiery apostles of Christ from the burning prayer of St. Louis Grignon de Montfort. When you read that prayer, you think, how can a man be perfect like that? And the answer is, if you give me a man who prays, if you give me a man who sacrifices himself, I will give you a man just like that. So let's do as Our Lady proceeded. She didn't just want those faithful to prepare for her, but she wanted Fatima commemorations to be possible that would lead to the same objective. And in the end, the consecration that would be the fruit of these months, we are in a, the fruit of these months, we are in a progressive action as her action was progressive on those Portuguese who gathered there. In Fatima. We must ask her to dispose of souls, to dispose of our souls, 
so that when we genuflect in the room of the kingdom of Mary, when there is the consecration, this is such that it obtains the true marvel that in fact we entrust ourselves to Our Lady, that we belong to her. We want nothing more than to belong to her, to fight for her in the dark days of Bagar. So ends his magnificent talk. And once again, as I mentioned before on Our Lady's podcast, the Bagar is this, this struggle, this preceding the reign of Mary, this conflict that will take place in the world. I believe, my friends, we're going through that right now. This struggle, this confusion, everything with the virus hoax and the masks and the satanic mystery liquid and upheavals in government and rioting and things of this nature. I believe this is all predicted. Although he wouldn't have known precisely what was going to take place, but... This begar, this struggle, this conflict was pr predicted by Professor Plinio, and we're going through it right now in my estimation. But brighter days are ahead, my friends. The reign of the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Continue to pray that rosary every single day. We will conclude once again by mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, located at halo-soma.org. And please also check out episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I interview my sister and my niece about RPM or rapid prompting method, which is a system of communication for those who've been afflicted with non-speaking autism. Communication is a human right. And just as sign language was a life-changing opportunity, a momentous chance at communication for those who are deaf RPM has done the same for thousands of non-speakers, and we pray that thousands more will be helped. Let us pray for help and for healing for non-speakers and their families. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you, through the intercession of St. Raphael Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health, that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Prayer of St. Louis de Montfort. Hail, Joseph the just. Wisdom is with you. Blessed are you among all men, and blessed is Jesus, the fruit of Mary, your faithful spouse. Holy Joseph, worthy foster father of Jesus Christ, pray for us sinners and obtain divine wisdom for us from God, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The three Hail Marys in honor of Our Lady of Fatima's Immaculate Purity. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae. Amen. And a gloria patri for a special intention. Gloria patri et filio et spiritui sancto, sicuderat in principio et nunc et semper, et in saecula saeculorum. Amen.
By thy pure and immaculate conception, O Mary, obtain for me the conversion of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis. Sancti Osef, terra daimonem, ora pro nobis. Sancta Raphael Archangeli, ora pro nobis. In nomine Patris et Filii, Spiritui Sancto. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 378 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. You can get all the shows there, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, CastBox, anywhere you listen to your shows. Above all else, please pray for the eternal salvation of our bishops and make sacrifices for them. Prayer and sacrifice. Goodbye, and God love you.